Hello, and welcome to the Root Issues Podcast, where Chris and Steve gather around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. In this root issue conversation, we're going to be talking about being in the world, but not of the world, out of Revelation chapter 15. And this was an incredible Sunday message that brought up so many different compelling thoughts. You know, and one of those thoughts is just focusing on, do we see the world through a gospel lens? Right. And so we're going to ask Steve just to jump on in and kind of recap some on Sunday. And then we're just going to kind of bridge in and jump in on this conversation. Is yeah, how absolutely. do we see the world and be in it, but not of it? You bet. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, it was good this Sunday to talk to some folks visiting in who've been tuning in. Um, again, boy, let us know if you have any questions. We're, yeah. you know, especially as we dive into this revelation stuff, we'd be glad to, um, you know, to uh, have a conversation, you know, with you, talk through this stuff. Um, yeah, Revelation 15, we're making our way uh, through. Uh, revelation here uh, this is still the interlude part before we get into the last um, seven bold judgments the wrath of God in the end and the coming of Christ and and um, then we can get to the really great stuff the new uh, heavens and new earth uh, in this but I think in this chapter um, chapter 15 uh, the, the I only covered the first four verses uh, and it, it's just this picture uh, vision that John God in heaven um, and he just introduces these last um, angels with the bold judgments. And he makes this uh, statement. He says, these are the last. For with them, these last bold, seven bold judgments, the wrath of God is finished. So we want to just break that down um, this, uh, in this podcast. And then the other one, it, it talks about that we, uh, it, it has this beautiful picture about the, the saints who have conquered um, the beast and conquered um, the uh, uh, the the image of the beast and this yeah. world system that we've been talking about in Revelation, and then it moves into this beautiful picture of the song of the Lamb, the song of Moses, uh, that this this coming together of the uh, of the fullness of the gospel in the Old Testament. The song of Moses was the deliverance, right? Yeah, the Passover, totally. the Passover, the total deliverance out of Egypt, which is laid into Revelation. You can't understand any of Revelation unless you understand the what happened in Egypt and the Passover, and obviously the Passover Lamb. The song of the Lamb is Jesus is our Lamb, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. That's just the gospel that permeates the Old and New Testament, yeah. the good news. And, uh, and then we, we look back at, at John chapter 17 where Jesus prays to the Father and he goes over this deep language about um, praying to the Father. I'm not asking you to take them, yeah. the church, his children, out of the world, but to protect them, keep them from the evil one. Absolutely. As we carry out our witness and, you know, goes on to carry on the mission of Christ. Yeah. So, um, uh, the, so we're just taking these these themes in the first few verses and, and, and like, okay, well, the wrath of God, um, and what does that, how do we, how do we process that in and, and the finished work of the wrath of God when it comes to the gospel and this idea of the conquering saints? And then this song is, is the rest of uh, chap- uh, Revelation 15 has this beautiful song that is speaking of the nations. All the nations will come and bow down right before and I mean, when Christ we look at that day. song, I'm going to stop you here because, yep. I mean, it's like, you know, when we're comparing this section of Revelation to the freeing from the slavery of Egypt, mm-hmm. the Passover lamb, mm-hmm. 
the 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 angel of death taking the firstborn of the Egyptians, but not those. You know, I mean, there's just this visual image of me seeing like, do I walk into the desert with God singing these praises because the Egyptians are dumping their money, their Mm -hmm. their jewels on me, saying just leave, just leave, because they've had such a great loss, and grasping that concept that the blood that's above my door frame, Mm -hmm. above my life. Is Jesus's blood absolutely, and He paid for that wrath, so yep. I did not experience the pain the Egyptians did. Mm-hmm. But the question that I come up with is, yeah. do I have enough faith to walk into the desert with God? Right, right. You know, and to leave. I mean, you know, I mean, there were murmurings when they were in the desert of like, let us just go back to Egypt. At least right. we had three squares a day. Right. We yeah. slaved, but yeah. but do I have the faith to walk into the desert right. with God, leaving everything that I have? And it's fully, comfortable and fully trusting him. and fully trusting trusting him, him in yeah. those as he said remember what i've done yeah so that's that gospel lens right mm-hmm. so for us in revelation the the wilderness the ultimate yeah. wilderness is if we're alive when this happens the Absolutely. tribulation well he'll, he'll be calling us into a a world where the church is heavily persecuted and we're going to have to radically like never before trust in in god to yeah. The promise is protection from wrath, yeah. and that's that's this gospel lens. Am I looking at? And this is we had three questions mm-hmm. right, that we processed. Yes. One was, you know, do we have a gospel lens for how we are looking at suffering, persecution, and wrath? Mm-hmm. Well, the scriptures are real clear that if we're to count the cost to follow Christ, is Jesus promised tribulation in this yeah. life and suffering in this life. And do we have a gospel lens on how I look at suffering? That's a whole yeah. topic in and of totally. itself. Do I have a gospel lens on persecution? How could mm-hmm. a loving God allow his children to be radically persecuted, even put to death for yeah. him? And uh, the only way I can understand this is if I look at the cross. I look yeah. at what Jesus did and what Jesus calls me to do, which is, he says, anybody's going to follow me? Deny yourself, pick up your cross. Yeah. Right? Your willingness to align with Jesus' mission to the point of laying your life mm-hmm. down as a witness, as a testimony to a hostile world that your allegiance is first and foremost to God and not yeah. to anybody or anything else. And this is what the, the for sure is going to happen. This is happening yeah. right now on the earth at different places and has all through history, but it's going to really come to a head in, uh, in the end. And this idea of a gospel lens on the wrath of God if I do not look at uh, with a, with through the gospel about the wrath, then I'm going to be all messed up about uh, how could a God be a loving God and a yeah. wrathful God? All I can think about is this ugly, dangerous, yeah. evil kind of. Where did that come from? I'm going to question God's character. The gospel comes in. Jesus saves me, and I understand at that cross that the wrath of God, justice of God, crossed with mm-hmm. the mercy and love and forgiveness of God. And I understand that on that cross, Jesus took all of my wrath. And he did it for me, did it for the world. And that's the free, glorious, good news of the gospel. And we know that every tongue and tribe and nation, there will be those who receive that. When they receive that, just like in the Old Testament, Exodus, that blood over the doorpost, that blood covers their life for all eternity. And he protects us from any wrath. In Egypt, he protected Oh gosh! His wrath that was poured out, but it wasn't poured out on the on the Israelites. No. It was poured on the Egyptians. Egyptians. They were protected. They weren't they? raptured out. No, this is important. They lived through it. They lived through it, but they were protected. And they yeah. persevered, and uh, hence, again, I, I shared that I, 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 boy, I would. I'm all for a pre-trib rapture. To the church yeah. to go up before all this. <laughs> I don't see it in the scripture, and w- yeah. there's so many details there theologically. Would love to engage anybody has questions. Is uh, that we see this uh, um, because. 
Uh, we just don't. I, I just see the church present in Revelation, ready to be a witness and be faithful through it, not taken out before. Um, but yes, we will be raptured, but that's when Jesus returns, and we meet him in the sky, yeah. and he brings the new Jerusalem down to this earth. To well, I mean, even rule. just the ramifications of what would have been left behind the wreckage of Egypt, how many of those minds were wondering and mm-hmm. thinking, like, their God is the God. Right. You know, I mean, there's no record, but you have to imagine that some people turned. Absolutely. You know, and, Absolutely. you know, and that there was this remnant of people mm-hmm. who were like, mm-hmm. those Israelites, they have it right. I mean, let's, let's talk about persecution because, you know, you were talking about like, how can a loving father allow persecution to right. occur? But I'm like, I look at myself and I'm like, I'm a loving father, mm-hmm. but my children walk into the public school every day Mm -hmm. and not that there is an overt heavy oppression or ridiculing of them but there is an undercurrent there is a hey if you don't drink you're not Mm -hmm. one of us if Mm -hmm. you're not going to the parties you're not one of us hey you know even samuel just some of the choices he makes about like what he will allow his eyes to see you know the peers in that culture like why wouldn't you look at this well like because that's not what god would have me look at But I'm a loving father, you know, and some might think like, oh, in a gospel lens, as a loving father, I should isolate them into homeschooling or isolate them into a Christian school. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with either one of those two. Everybody has to make their choice. But I send my children into mission, you know, in the sense of like, hey, you know, go be a light, you know. And I mean, we've heard testimonies just even from one of Samuel's friends. He was at our life, our home church one night because... He was staying with us that night, and so he did home church with us, and we do a, a thing called kind words. And so I, I let or I let his friend, mm-hmm. you know, just you know speak kind words over Samuel, and Samuel mm-hmm. speak kind words over him. And this young man had nothing but admiration of just as he's been going through this hard time, how Samuel has supported him. And so, yeah, what level do you say as a loving father, and what is persecution? You know, like, because even in our own lives with our own children, there are sometimes we've made decisions that mm-hmm. some but might judge. It, it comes yeah. back to the very initial call of discipleship. Yeah. Yes. Jesus says, count the cost before you yes. follow me. Uh, there will be tribulation. Mm-hmm. He says, deny yourself, right? That yeah. comes with a whole, all sanctification, all yeah. that stuff. What that takes daily to setting down our agenda, taking yes. his lordship. But then... Um, but then the other piece says, pick up your cross oh, and follow me. me. Luke says daily. Yeah. And that is to to be unified so much with Christ's mission. Um, and the idea, the very word to be, he says in Acts, right, to, to be his witnesses. That yeah. word is the same word for, we get martyr from, right, yeah. is be his witness. Be a proclaimer, a herald of the good news of Christ, what he's done yeah. for us. He's taken our wrath, mm-hmm. and he'll take yours too if you receive him. And yeah. he's forgiven us, poured out his love. God so loved the world that he did. This, Absolutely. Right? And uh, this uh, this language here in uh, in verse 1 of chapter mm-hmm. 15 of Revelation it says, and with this, these last seven bulls, um, the wrath of God is finished. Yeah. Now that word, that should remind yeah. us back to what Jesus said on the yes. cross when He said it is finished. Now here's what's important for us: this lens. Yeah. Is to understand that when Jesus says it is finished at the cross, we are now in a period of time waiting on His return. Mm-hmm. Is what was finished is His covering of us yes. right by His blood, and now the church is to get that good news out there to offer it freely to anybody who will take it. That they will be saved yeah. and covered by the blood. So completely for all eternity saved from the wrath of God. 
And uh, but when he returns, uh-huh. this, what chapter fifteen says is that there's going to be a, a judgment that happens, oh, yeah. and this will be the finished. When Jesus returns, he's coming in wrath. He's coming mm-hmm. to make things right, and those that are not covered will experience the wrath of God. Yeah, that's a harsh reality that we we do not preach or teach or hold on to. It's glorious for the mm-hmm. good news is you're covered, and it yeah. should drive us to share that good news, right? With other and and it, in chapter or verse two and three, it talks about the idea of conquering the beast, all uh-huh. this world system, the things of the world. Um, and, uh, you know, Scripture says that the saints do that by the blood of the Lamb, mm-hmm. right, in our faith. And so back to what you said earlier about the the Israelites being called out of Egypt into the wilderness. Do we have faith? Yeah. Right? Is my faith strengthening? Is my limbs strengthening me? And when tough times come, right, do I stand strong in that faith? And, and do I have... Am I entering into discipleship? Am I engaged with people in the church body that are are, are strengthening? Do I feel my yes. faith? Right? Yeah. Do I have testimony of the strengthening well, my faith? I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's the whole gospel lens perspective. It's like, you know, do you have faith in the sense of no matter what is thrown your way, that God still has you? Right. You know, I mean, I've told Am, you know, Ambler, my oldest, I've like talked to her, you know, on different situations, you know, and explained to her like, yo, if everything fell apart tomorrow and we still had a mortgage payment to pay but we had nothing to pay from i could take a walk on smuggler and he could tell me which rock to look under and there i would find money to put in because he's going to provide for me you know and then i was like oh my gosh i shared the story of you know the disciples needing the tax money and he's like go fish yeah (laughs) you know you know like and they fished and they caught it and they found the coin you know and but let me stop you yeah a lot of people hearing that have said oh chris that was jesus he did that you know that that was back then you know and so here's the faith gap and we all struggle with this yeah is we read it in the bible but are we by faith, holding on to those promises. Do we expect yes. right, God's provision today like what we see in the Bible? Yes. And that's where we have to apply. Yeah, that's where we have to apply. And, and, and I'm not saying, like, you know, I wouldn't, like, you know, yeah. if the bottom fell out, like, yeah. that I wouldn't go get a job. and right. Nothing would be above me. I would sure. do whatever I had to do. But I, if I still came up short, right. I'm trusting in him to provide because, right. you know, all the promises says that he has favor and, and that's covered not a, in the blood. And that's not a passive waiting. It's an active waiting. Like no. you said, we could do our part, but we yeah. trust that God, through our effort, yeah. is going to do a great I mean, I'm going to go hike smuggler. I'm not yeah. going to go wait for it to materialize on the <laughs> coffee table. You, exactly. know. Exactly. you know, he told them to go fish. So, I mean, he could have right. just been like, oh, check out what's in my hand or pull it behind Peter's ear. And like, right. here's the coin. Whoa. Yeah. You know. No, he asked him to go fish. And so there is this concept of faith of just a gospel lens. I think the gospel lens goes as far as salvation for many people. Mm-hmm. I have that, as you call it, like fire insurance. Right. But the gospel lens needs to encompass every promise in the Bible. That's right. And then you then apply those promises to your life and you live out of them. Right. It's the bread of life. It's how you... Look at let's, let's get look at some practical things yeah. with how we put that lens on. But before we do that, let me just cover this other yeah. pointers. Um, uh, chapter fifteen, we raise this question: Do we have a gospel lens on how we see the church and the nations? Mm-hmm. So the big question we've been wrestling with. Yeah. In the next few chapters we're going to get into it. Is wow. Well, what about America? Right. And America. we're going to get more America. We're going to get into that more deeply in the ne- in especially chapters seventeen and eighteen. Uh, this idea of Babylon and. Uh, 
I would just throw out these things to think about. Um, Babylon is described in the scripture as this nation state with this mm-hmm. great city that the world gets rich from, that the yeah. world does trade with. Yeah. Uh, coupled with this apostate church, this uh, all-encompassing religion, uh, and it also is defined as one that exports sexual immorality, mm-hmm. defines the yeah. culture. And what I'm throwing out that's not very popular is, remember, when John got this this revelation on the island of Patmos, uh, the early church uh, leaders saw Rome as the beast. Yes, Rome absolutely. as the, uh, that, that uh, Babylon. And they called, that's what they said, and because Rome uh, had all those features. Yes. It wasn't the final. So the question is, what is going to be the end times Rome as mm-hmm. such, Babylon as yeah. such, that is characterized by the city, the nation yeah. state, that is coupled with an apostate church and coupled with this uh, making the world rich and exports sexual immorality? Um, there's only one nation who fits that bill right now, and that's America. Yeah. And so people say, wow, where's America in the end times? Well, we really have only two choices. We yeah. either will be that nation state, the city, that mm-hmm. place that does that is that, or we'll just fade away into one of the other nations. We'll just be absolved. We'll be absolved, and yeah. we still will be under the power of Babylon and the, mm-hmm. all the, the world system, but we just won't play that prominent of a role. Uh, again, there's no other nation that exports sexual immorality and promotes it. No nation. Yeah. Rome was pretty ugly, but Rome never made a law, direct laws, directly confronting God's creative order. We're yeah. the first to do that, yeah. and um, and we've exported it around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we export billions of dollars of pornography. Uh, you hear very little of people. We go after sex trafficking, all these other things, but yeah. we don't go after really the thing that helps fuel a lot of this. Um, we don't even we don't even think about Hollywood, but yeah. Hollywood I- again. Most of what we see on Netflix and everything else is just soft porn. Yeah, and and I use that language broadly just to say we promote sexual immorality that is an offense to God. And and um, it was C.S. Lewis I think that made the comment um, that the in one of the enemy's greatest tools is. Yeah, substitutes for joy is entertainment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, boy, I think we have to take yeah, that personally. That so I would say that is a practical thing is, boy, you want the gospel lens. I need to really wrestle with, am I yeah. using entertainment in my life to substitute for joy yeah. or just checking out versus putting on a gospel lens? And um, and I would, I would say, like, you know, what do you hunger? You know, can answer that question because that's a hard question. Like, am I separate? Am, am I substituting joy with entertainment? Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the question you would ask on that one is, what do you hunger for the most? Mm-hmm. You know, because what brings us joy is what's going to give us that appetite for what we hunger for. And so, are you hungering for the next episode? Hungering for the next movie? Or hungering for the next time that you can just be entertained? Or are you hungering for the next time there is a a, a high level of just laughter at the dinner table as you gather with the family? Are you hungering for just, you know, the joy that the Spirit brings when you just, you know, have that great sense of peace after some prayer time where you're like, everything is going to be okay, right? you know? Absolutely. 
The last thing, let's end, end on this, yeah. just is do we have a gospel lens for how we see the future and hope yeah. of America? So we yeah. just, I just put a big bomb out there. Yeah. As as America, but hey, what is the hope of America? Let's yeah. just talk about our nation. Yeah. And the scripture is very clear. Revelation is very clear. There's only one hope, right, um, for America, and that's the, a revived church. Yeah. Not politics, though. You need to be fully involved in yeah. all that. To get involved in all aspects of being a good citizen, the only ultimate hope is a revived, vibrant church that will overflow into our nation and mm-hmm. a church that prays and uh, and, and uh, trusts that God will do something great, uh, you know, in our nation. You know, we need like another great awakening, right, in our nation, and maybe that will slow down this movement of secularization in our nation uh, away from God. Um, uh, but before you go any further, I mean, yeah. you know, like, I mean, you say church, you know, and so does that mean like strong, healthy churches with strong, healthy attendance on every corner? I mean, because mm. I think that can be the perception. Like if you're in Texas, I'm like you drive five blocks and you're mm. like, well, there's a church. Well, there's a church. There's a church. And so I, yes. I, I want to just nettle down on mm-hmm. that when we look at the revived church, it's like us the body, the people in the church, then stepping into the cultural issues and saying, first and foremost, you need a Savior. Do you know Jesus? And then also, how can we help meet the needs in the government? How can we help meet the needs in governing or just the needs of our communities, the people around us? He saw light. Yeah, how do we do that? Absolutely. And that is the revived church. Mm-hmm. But yet, you have to have that lens, like the gospel is the most That's important it. thing a right. person needs. Right. So this is full yeah. circle, right? Yeah. Back to the only, what is yeah. a revived church? It's a church that has a gospel lens. Yeah, totally. Everything we look at is through the gospel, through the word of God, not through the things of the world, right? And we've got a lot of work to do. God's sifting his church right now. He's refining it. He's judging it even, you know? Uh, And so that's getting that gospel lens on at the church, at the community level among God's people. And then uh, that's going to bring that fruit yeah. and that renewal, right, yeah. that we so desperately need. Let me just uh, throw, I, I love this, This, uh, and I think it's just kind of timely, that uh, yeah. Solzhenitsyn, some of you have read his stuff, he's from Russia, and mm-hmm. this is very interesting yeah. considering what's going on. But here's, and he was a Christian, and here's an interesting, I uh, love this quote. He says, As Solzhenitsyn famously observed, the line separating good and evil passes not through countries, nor between classes, nor between political parties, but right through the middle of every human heart. Yeah. And uh, there's, in other words, the good and evil question, yeah. there's only one solution, yeah. and that is the gospel. Yeah. Right? And that's getting a, a gospel lens on I, 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 If we want to look at something, whether mm-hmm. it's Ukraine, whether yeah. Russia, I've got to look at it through a gospel yeah. lens of understanding how God sees the nations, how, how the scripture sees the nations, how yeah. we are to see the nations yeah. and the and the blessings of God. No, absolutely. And I mean, you know, yeah, I was writing that quote down, but then, you know, it was getting rushed in first service and Derek took the stage and then, <laughs> then it went away. And I was like, no, but I was like, I can go get it later because I have access. Um, here's, here's what I would just say is like, you know, the gospel lens conversation is like the, it needs to be first and center. And so, you know, if you're thinking like, well, how do I start applying a gospel lens? It is, it's simple asking questions like, you know, do you want to help people? And then maybe the answer is yes. And so now do you care more if they know their eternal standing or do you care more if they are having their needs met? Because both intertwine and both collide. Whenever we see a Jesus collision in the Gospels, and I call them collisions, when he collides with another group of people, there is a sense of 
Do you know who I am and what I can do for you? And yes, I will meet your need for the moment. And so we have to have those gospel collisions in our own life of like, what are our needs? Do we understand our complete work of the gospel in our life? And are we applying it to the other areas and saying it's the complete answer? And so, yeah, I mean, we have a heart for the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Can we send them money? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can we pray for them? Yes. Can we pray for a revival there in that, you know, people are hearing the gospel and that Russian soldiers are seeing the entrenchedness of the people for their freedom and their desire to know God, right. you know. So there's so many different things, but I think, you know, just the gospel lens, mm-hmm. we have to take every promise God gave, put it into our daily life, right. and share that with others, you know. Yeah, you know, just my last thing is just, you know, Matthew 6, Jesus said it pretty clearly, the eye is the lamp of the body, yeah. right? So if your eye is, is <clears throat> healthy, it, 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 your, your whole body will be full of light but if yeah. your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness and uh boy uh what what what, what i what am i do i have the gospel on and yeah. i think that's a question for us yeah uh to end with is boy have we put the gospel on am i looking through that glory yeah. to make sense of things in this yeah. world Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in and checking out Root Issues, your midweek jolt. Um, you can always reach us at rootissues at ccasman.com. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to reach out and just affirm, that's always appreciated. Hope you're doing well. Hope this midweek jolt reaches you and kind of sets your eyes on the gospel. Thanks so much for tuning in.